Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I feel like nobody gives a shit about mums and it annoys me. So yeah, yeah that's my first positive thing that I change. That's good because I, I, I knew that you, I knew that your, your, your first thing was the way we treat mums and I wasn't sure if it was like we, we treat them too much. <laughs> <laughs> they get everything. Yeah. <laughs> Hello and welcome to The World As It Should Be a podcast in which we ask our guests to tell us what they would change to help create their perfect world. By listening to what they'd like to change, we'll hear more about who they are, what they do, and what inspires them. This podcast is brought to you by the team behind Prima Donna, a uniquely anarchic and joyous festival of everything creative. My name is Shona Abianka, and I'm a book publicist, working with some of the most thought-provoking authors writing today. I'm Catherine Riley, a writer and director of the festival. We're delighted to be your guides on this podcast adventure. The world as it should be from Prima Donna. Sabina Akhtar is a writer, editor, programmer, and a prima donna. She has worked in publishing with the radical non-profit Tilted Access Press as a curator for Media Diversified, for whom she created an online library of writers of colour, and as the festival coordinator of Bear Lit, the UK's principal festival celebrating remarkable writers in the diaspora. Sabina co-founded both Prima Donna Festival in 2019 and Bear Lit Kids, the UK's first children's festival showcasing the work of writers of colour. She has also curated for the Breakthrough Festival, the new festival for working class writers, and is the lead programmer for the WOW Women of the World Festivals. Sabina has contributed to the 404 Inc. title, We Shall Fight Until We Win, and the Saki Books title, Smashing It, and is the editor of a remarkable anthology, Cut From The Same Cloth, about which we'll hear more shortly. Sabina, welcome to the podcast. Hello, yeah. thank you for having me. <laughs> um, so we are going to talk about your three things your three excellent things for creating the world as it should be. But before we do that, can we, we have to talk about Cut from the Same Cloth. Okay. Um, which we think is, should be compulsory reading. Can you start off by telling us where it came from, how hard it was to get it to this published state, this beautiful red-covered book that is in my hand. It's beautiful. Um, uh, and, yeah, your, your journey, for want of a better word, with it. Oh, God. I mean, how long have we got? Okay. <laughs> I'll try and summarize. We're here all night. I'll try and summarize. Um it it was born out of just sheer frustration, to be honest with you. I was sick of being spoken over. So for your listeners, I'm a hijab-wearing Muslim woman. I was sick of being spoken over. I was tired of, you know, as a writer, kind of being asked to write caricatures of myself rather than being able to have the creative freedom to write what I wanted to. So I got this... I got a group of writers together and we decided to crowdfund for this anthology. Um, and the key word there is crowdfund because it took bloody ages. <laughs> How long was it from start to finish? Oh, Shona. Um, I don't know. I can't remember. It was a long time. And now people always come up to me and go, oh, you wrote that book. I swear I pledged for it like five years ago. It's like, yeah, okay, thanks. <laughs> That's hilarious. We had um B Roller on who 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 uh who crowdfunded for or fundraised for the um, Mary Wollstonecraft mm. statue, yeah. and her mates were like, "Oh my god, are you still doing five k's yeah. for that? Like, get on with it." <laughs> oh, <I love laughs> it's painful. Did you ever think, "Oh, I just I can't be bothered anymore"? Like, how? What keeps you going? Um, I thought that every day. I still do. Um, <laughs> what keeps me going was the commitment I had to 
the other writers and just the fact that I knew a book like this wasn't really out there. I mean, there's lots of brilliant anthologies by Muslim women, but there wasn't any that was specifically talking to visibly Muslim women in Britain. Um, yeah, so it was just that commitment that I'd made, really. <laughs> I'd signed a contract, so I couldn't get out of it. <laughs> <laughs> you were legally committed. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And what's the response been? It's been good, actually. It's been really good, um, which is shocking for something by Muslim women because um, there's usually always someone who hates you out there. Um, but, yeah, it's been really nice. And the response, especially from Muslim women in Europe, um, in France in particular saying you know we wouldn't have a book like this published in France that's been quite moving in a way that I didn't wow. expect yeah was was there any backlash did you have anything nasty um, or I mean so we had some like matters to begin with we had some people like say we should be put in an asylum rather than platformed I kind of talk about it in the introduction we had other people say that um we should be no platformed that um people using the hashtag like all in for feminism or something said these people shouldn't be given a platform because they're oppressed um so yeah oh, wow. we did have we did have some things and we had i mean what i found hilarious we had men say oh i want to pledge because i think this is a good cause but i don't want to read the book so is there a way i can just donate money and not have a copy of the book <laughs> because you know <laughs> why would a man want to read a book by a woman <laughs> Also, I don't want to learn. Yeah. <laughs> just, don't just learn. keep it in your house. Yeah. How strange. Oh my God. So that kind of speaks to the what your like wider experience that you talk about in the chapter that you wrote in the book, which mm -hmm. is also you also uh, I was going to say performed it. Well, you didn't perform it. You read it out. But yeah. um, it was really deeply moving. And so it was a kind of sneak preview of, of the book because you, you read it at WOW in 2020 just before the pandemic yeah. um, and the book came out a bit later than that but it, you talk in in that chapter about those kind of not just microaggressions but just aggression like a constant aggression and I it was I, re I remember watching you on the stage and also because you got upset when you read it I really really had to stop myself coming up and giving you a hug <laughs> I would have loved it I, if you did <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't want to make it about me so I stopped myself <laughs> but yeah I, it really revealed to me in a you know in a way that first person experience only can like that that experience of just being in your shoes and having having people make judgments and and have opinions about you based entirely on their their assumptions about what you know what clothes you're wearing and how you present yourself yeah. how do you how do you deal with that going like moving through your life every day um i don't know i guess i mean for lots of people for many different reasons you know sometimes your existence is politicized <laughs> sometimes just you walking out the house is a problem for people you existing you being in a relationship with whoever you're in you know there's multiple different reasons mm. and so you just get on with it um to a certain extent and what's weird is that I got upset when I read that piece and I wasn't expecting to but I was heavily pregnant at the time so that you don't have yeah, to explain it that fed into it but it also <laughs> kind of it made me think god this is probably affecting me more than more than I realised because right. you just kind of absorb those traumas um, as yeah. you as you go along. But yeah, this is being a fun podcast yeah. so far. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll get to the lols. <laughs> Do you um, spend much time on Twitter? Yes. More. <laughs> how is how is that too much time? <laughs> yeah, I spend too much time on Twitter to be honest. Um, 
it's because I'm a mum of four and I don't get to go out. So it's my only socialising. <laughs> but also then you can hide and say mum's working and just be on Twitter. That's yeah. what I do. Well... <laughs> Well, I'll be on my phone on Twitter and tell the kids to get off their phones. That's yeah. how bad it is. Although yeah. for me as well, I do get loads of work because of Twitter. I've, I've had loads of opportunities arise because of Twitter. So it's a double-edged sword for me. Mm. It's just the rabbit hole, isn't it? It's knowing when to get off it yeah. and then realising 15 minutes is gone. Yeah. But um, Yeah, you're obviously doing it wrong, Shona. You need to be doing it more like Sabina. <laughs> What's that? I don't know. Don't know. <laughs> Hours. <laughs> that's, a, that's a panel for next year's yeah. festival. <laughs> How long do you spend on Twitter? Is that a competition? Doing it right. Twitter, doing it right. <laughs> do you have any other writing projects now that this book is out there in the world that you are willing to share with us um. on the pod? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, yes, <laughs> but also no, because I have, I'm not writing it right now, so... I'm just is it say. non-fiction or fiction? So I'm working on a fiction book. And when I say working, I use that term very loosely because I'm <laughs> thinking about it. <laughs> As all yeah. writers do. I'm not actually doing any of the writing right now because life gets in the way of that. But yeah. So is yes, it for I'm, adults? Is it? Yeah. So it's, adults or younger? It's a fictionalised kind of feminist retelling of the partition of India. Um, oh my god (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna grill you about this yeah but it's I yeah Catherine knows about it but like no one else does (laughs) it's in my head at the moment (laughs) it sounds amazing I can't wait for it I do actually seriously want to grill you about this yeah yeah (laughs) okay we won't do it now (laughs) okay let's move on to your excellent manifesto for changing the world um do you want to talk us through your first thing um Okay, well, this was actually, can I just say, this was harder than I imagined because I think, firstly, as a kind of a person from my background, there's loads of things that you want to change, <laughs> like loads of systemic injustice, loads of things. Like, <laughs> at first, I was like, yeah, let's abolish the police, let's transform everything, let's tear everything down. I thought, that's not going to make for a fun podcast. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I've, tried to, I've tried to have a balance thank you thank you for thinking of our listeners yeah um <laughs> and of us yeah yeah i know shona oh, I... would have loved that and also people have that so i heard kit she she did one on borders which i was like yes hmm. and then katriana morton did coriander which was tantamount to a hate crime i don't know how you sat through I that shona. <laughs> oh my god did you hear my defense of coriander during that interview i could not believe it <laughs> the angriest i've ever seen her yeah <laughs> I just I couldn't believe it either. Like, who doesn't love how? It it was a hate crime. Yeah. Sorry, um, Katrina. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, you are allowed to hate whichever herb you like. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but can you talk us through your first thing that you would yeah, do? Yeah, sure. So my first one was um, the way we treat mums in society at large and also feminists. I, I feel like nobody gives a shit about mums. And it annoys me. So, yeah, yeah that's my first positive thing. I change. That's good because I, I, I knew that you, I knew that your 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 first thing was the way we treat mums, and I wasn't sure if it was like we we treat them too much. <laughs> they get everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Glad we've cleared that. We've clarified that. Yeah, yeah. lazy mums. What um what is your reasoning for thinking that we don't give a shit about mums? Um, just I mean, so there's obvious things like the motherhood penalty, but I feel like. So me and B. Rowler, actually, who was another guest, we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago, where 
you know, the emphasis is always on girls. Like, let's encourage girls into STEM. Let's get girls to do this. And actually, girls are brilliant. They have all of that enthusiasm. They achieve better than boys at school, actually. They're doing really well. The reason why that's not translating into people becoming CEOs or in workplaces is because of what happens when they get to childbearing age, which is that they either have kids and take a 10-year break and they can't keep up with their male counterparts um, or they lose opportunities or they give up work altogether to become the main caregivers because nobody values that work and we have the most one of the most expensive childcare systems. Um yeah, so the problem is not girls. The problem is no one giving a shit about mums or helping mums or valuing what they do in society. Um, mm. Do you feel that mums need to fight back more and they take too much of a back seat because of expectation? No, we haven't got any fucking time. I think everyone else needs to do that. <laughs> I think okay. everyone else needs to do that. Like, I'm sick of hearing CEOs go yeah, you know, we're just, we've got a really inclusive workplace. We're doing this, we're doing that. It's like, okay, have you got a crash? You know, are you thinking about having a four-day week so the mums can stay one day with their kids if they need to? Because, you know, I find as a working mum, so I've got four kids and I'm working a full-time job and I'm really lucky because I work for a feminist organisation. I work for the Well Foundation and they're brilliant and supportive and you know, really understand my situation. But loads of women don't have that. Um, and it it's annoying and it's frustrating yeah. and it's it's not fair. Um, yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I have to say, if I, if I didn't have a boss who understood, I don't know what I'd do. Like kids stuff, parents' evenings, whatever, whatever, kids ill, blah, blah. But I just think the women who work for bosses who will who the women who are scared to say anything about leaving early or having to do something. I just can't imagine doing your job and coping with that emotional stress at the same time. But have either of you worked for a boss who didn't understand family commitments, whether you have kids or not? I mean, anything personal. There are people who are just really bad at managing people. Yeah, I I, I definitely have. And I've worked for women who haven't got it, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, women with kids, actually, who there's, a you know, I'm not, I, I don't want to sound like a, bigger but you know there are some women who you know they have had a tough time and so they don't they don't see the need to be generous because because they weren't they weren't that generosity was not extended to them so I've I've definitely had that in a work environment I also feel Um, like there's a class thing too like there's there's women and there's people who can afford to you know have other poorer women (laughs) do that job they can pay them to look after their kids and so often they don't end up giving a shit either. Mm. So, Sabina, lockdown was hard for so many people. Having four young children, well, three at the beginning of lockdown? Three, so I had a baby in uh, right at the beginning of lockdown one. Right. Baby number four. So it was a very stressful time for you. Looking back on it, what are your feelings about it now? Yeah, I mean, God, it was stressful. Um, yeah, I mean, there's any number of things I could rage about when it comes to mum. So, you know, childbirth. I think what really annoyed me during that period, what stands out to me is homeschooling. So I was homeschooling, I'd had a kid and the kid's school would kept calling me and they'd be like, oh, um, 
Hello, Mum. <laughs> oh my God, I hate it when they. Put, I, I used to be called Mummy. Yeah, Mum. Hello, Mum. Um, your child hasn't submitted on Google Classroom today. Deadline was two o'clock. It's three o five. And I really just wanted to be like, "Will you leave me the fuck alone? Fuck off. It's a global pandemic. I've just had a baby. I'm working a job. I'm stuck in the house with four kids. I don't give a fuck if he hasn't been on Google Classroom. <laughs> I don't um, even know where he is. Yeah, just fuck off. Oh yeah, so. So yeah. So that did you tell them politely to stop? I did try to say, "Oh, I'm sorry. I was just in a meeting. I think you do have my husband's phone number too, though." Right. But they would never call him, and that would really piss me off. Like, you know, mm. they just think, "Oh, you know, she's not got much to do. Full time job, newborn baby, <laughs> like doing zooms with a baby attached to a boob, trying to homeschool three others. You know, let's call yes. her." <laughs> And be passive aggressive. What was, did did you have help from your own mum during this time? Um, no. So normally I would. So like in lots of Muslim cultures, Asian cultures, you get forty days of rest yeah. after you have the baby. So usually it's the women in your family who come and kind of help you and take care of you. And I realised that's not very feminist, but I also don't give a fuck because I wanted that. <laughs> I want it to be yeah. taken care of. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah. because just it being my luck, um, there was a global pandemic, <laughs> just despite me. Um, you really got cheated by that yeah, global pandemic. Really so yeah. I couldn't, I didn't have that. So no, I didn't have the help. So um, you weren't in a bubble? Apart from, no, I was. You, there was no bubbles then because I literally had right, in my thing right, right. The, like the first week of lockdown. Yeah, so. yeah. I remember That's that. Yeah, right. yeah. My goodness. So, apart from my husband um, mm. and the other kids. Yeah. How does it work? How does parenting work in your house? Does your husband get praised for doing things that you do all the time? Like, you know, drop, when, whenever dads drop kids at school, they get like almost a standing ovation, don't they? I mean, <laughs> so performative parenting. Yeah, not in the house, he doesn't. <laughs> not by me. But I didn't think you yeah. were going to applaud your husband. That was not, <laughs> yeah, that's not how I picture it. Actually, at the Prima Donna Festival, obviously, because I was working and running around and trying to enjoy the festival. Um, he was with the kids and people kept stopping me at the festival going, can I just say, I've just seen your husband with the kids and he's lovely. Oh, my, oh God. my God. The way he's looking after them, it's just lovely. And it was really <laughs> pissing me off. They just kept coming up to me. It's gorgeous. It's gorgeous the way he's looking after That's those brilliant. kids. Because he had nothing to do with them being around, did yeah. he? Like nothing to do with their existence. Yeah, so he does, he does get applauded for it in a way that I don't. <laughs> but that's just all men, isn't it? Yeah. Do you think that are you, just all men? Yeah. Do you think you'll have any more, Sabina? No. I'm really glad that I'm not in a room with you yeah. right now. No. No. This we'll is on my out. list yeah. of questions. <laughs> no. <laughs> Damn you, Catherine. Yeah. <laughs> I love how she's made me ask this one. Yeah. <laughs> I was just curious. <laughs> anyway, let's link seamlessly <laughs> from the way we treat mums to your second uh, choice for changing the world, mm. which kind of, I think kind of there's a theme emerging here. So do you want to talk us through your second one? Yeah, they are quite closely related. Um, so it's self-care and it might not be as you expect so I'm not advocating that we should all start practicing self-care what I'm advocating for is we should stop telling people to practice self-care because 
it's really annoying. And usually the people we say it to are the people who, you know, face systemic injustice or inequality. Because if you think about it, no one ever says, like, no one's going, oh, Steve, mate, make sure you get a bit of self-care in this weekend, yeah? Because the world is is built around Steve's well-being, you know, from the heating setting in the office yeah. to, you know, everything else in the world. Steve's doing all right. No one's telling him to practice self-care. But people like me get to, especially like, you know, obviously when I had a baby, people say it all the time. They're like, I'll get a bit of self-care in. And like, oh, yeah, I didn't think of that. I'll schedule that in, shall I? <laughs> yeah. With all this spare time yeah. that I've got. I'll put that mm. in my fucking diary. Thank you. <laughs> Another thing for me to do, it also takes the onus off people. It's like absolving them of responsibility. So my culture is quite community-based, right? So like I said about, you know, your mum or the women in your family coming and taking care of you. I find it really like, I don't know, it's kind of a capitalist thing where it's like, instead of them saying, you know, oh, let me send food for you or let me cook you a meal or let me look after the kids for an hour, it's, why don't you buy yourself a fucking candle? <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really true. Why don't you fucking buy it for me? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's so true. If we need the practical help. Yeah. So it, do you think this is, this is a capitalist thing? Is that where it came from? It's like it's like the, the intersection of women's oppression and uh, very expensive candles. I mean, I don't I mean, don't get twisted. I think I absolutely advocate for people practicing self-care for themselves. You know, obviously, Audre Lorde famously said, you know, it's um, that we should practice self-care and it's a political act for some people to, to be practicing self-care. But I just think that, like everything, yeah, capitalism is ruining it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> what do you if, say to your friends that have had babies? I mean, what practice, like if you can't be with them and actually help them physically, what would you prefer people to say to you if they can't do something? I mean, I don't just know. Send, just, just send Deliveroo. Just literally send Deliveroo around. Don't we do that? Yeah, yeah, you guys did do that, and that was really good. That was that was amazing. You sent me like just eat vouchers, and I was like, yes, mm. <laughs> yes, <laughs> this is what I need. So I would, I would, um, I mean, me being the good Samaritan that I am, not to make you guys feel bad, but yeah, I would I, like, I would cook meals for people. I would yeah. go around to someone's house mm. and do the washing yeah. up we couldn't there was a pandemic yeah, we, we couldn't send vouchers i mean we would have done <laughs> yeah definitely yeah, i would have brought you right around a sandwich <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you uh did have time between your job and your four children mm. and writing to practice self-care yeah. practice it not get it right what would you do like what would you what my idea of self-care the best self-care i think anyone can advocate for is just having a nap none of us ever get enough sleep so like to me, the ultimate self-care is somebody saying, go and lie down for an hour yeah. and, and, and allowing that to happen. That's like perfect. But what, or having a cheese sandwich, either of those two, what would yours be? <laughs> um, I think, I don't know. It When you're a parent as well, part of it is just like actually sitting in a room in the quiet, <laughs> just like rocking Alone. back and forth. I won't rock back and forth because <laughs> it will disturb the mic. Yeah. But just like being really quiet and still and having no one talk to you for about 10 yeah. minutes can do me yeah. the world of good. Um, right. Yeah. Or it's, 
I mean, maybe not even a nap because I'm I'm a bad sleeper. Maybe it's like watching something because I've literally turned into my dad now. I only watch news night or question time like <laughs> i can do none of the office banter like oh have you seen vigil have you seen this have you seen that no mm. <laughs> no but i did watch octonauts the other day yeah it was riveting <laughs> We're fans of um, yeah it's it's that's a really good question actually because napping in the day is really difficult for some people including me i can't nap unless it's unless i'm really tired unless it's dark outside yeah. so i don't know i mean I think not not having anyone talk to you for 10 minutes is brilliant. And just being left the fuck alone yeah. would be great. But what would you change if you could change anything about what happens with to new mothers or women in general who are juggling lots of things? What would you change? Oh, God. Okay, so I think, I mean, if we're talking specifically about mothers, I think from the moment women get pregnant, they're, infantilized I mean I've had in I've been in labor right and calling the midwife telling them like I'm I know the baby's coming I'm saying are you being a drama queen what's going on in here oh my god <laughs> you know you're oh being a bit dramatic god. it's like no it's called the ring of fire the baby's head <laughs> is crowning <laughs> oh my um, god so I think we need to stop infantilizing women we need to stop absolving ourselves from looking at kind of systemic injustices actually why don't you start doing meaningful things like Mm. um you know paying towards childcare, getting a creche in your offices Mm. doing things that would make a difference to women's lives um Mm. so often it sounds like it really comes comes down to empathy it's just not really putting yourself in someone else's shoes i mean yes and no to be honest with you like I don't need them. To, I don't need anyone to empathise. I just need childcare to not be so expensive. <laughs> mm, yeah. I just need, like, you need, you need policy. You need things in place to protect you as as women. And obviously, for other reasons, as we're seeing in society now at the moment, we can just see that that's just not the case. People don't care. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it, you're, that 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 thing about childcare and the cost of childcare is so. I can't. I can't believe even oh. as women move through, you know, polit- the political ranks, it's just never at the top of anyone's agenda. And it's yeah. until yeah. that changes, you know, women are pretty fucked. Really. It's insane. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. reading a book. At the, I'm working on a book at the moment, which I will talk to you later about, Sabina. But it's by the first lady of Iceland, mm. and it goes into a lot of the Scandinavian childcare policies, and it's just mind-boggling about why it should be so different over there. Yeah, and it just doesn't make any sense. You know, they do make it a lot easier for women. It's not perfect, but it's so much easier. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. What do you think? Why is the reason, do you think, that we just don't have those little changes here? Um, I will say about, I mean, the Scandinavian thing, I will say as well, that's for a certain group of women, right? So, right. I mean, it's easy for me to say, oh, yeah, Scandinavia's got it made. But also... Mm. I don't know what it's like for a Muslim woman. I don't know if I went and landed right. in Scandinavia, what my experience right. would be. Yeah, um, I'm not sure. From what I've read, yeah. it's the policy of how old a certain child is. And, you know, yeah. so I'm not sure about that. But yeah, that's a good point. They've definitely got, I mean, I think they definitely do things better than we do here. But it's just about, um, 
I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's this whole capitalist thing again. It's just like, let's fleece women for whatever we can get. <laughs> let's make them pay for stuff. And I mean, it's gotten worse with childcare, by the way, since the pandemic happened. So loads of nurseries now, they make you do minimum four days if you want to put your child in a nursery. Really? Because they're trying to recoup losses from oh. when no one had their kids in nurseries. Um, wow. So, so I guess some women are actually paying for time when their children are not even in the nursery. Yeah, they might That's not need terrible. the child to be in that long. Well, I'm going to actually move seamlessly on because that makes me angry. So can <laughs> oh. you talk us through your third thing? Yes. So these are all related, you might see. So the <laughs> third thing is having a space to rage as women in society. There's nowhere to rage. I get really, like, I don't know if this is just me. I'd hope you two have this too, but I get really angry about things. <laughs> do um, you yes do. <laughs> don't show it so oh. i was telling Catherine this the other day so someone sent me a video like a really harmless video a nice video of kids um cooking meal like they were like skinning a fish and frying it up and whatever and the caption of the video was when mum's not home and it made oh. me really fucking angry and I appreciate <laughs> that oh these are cute kids and oh god they've probably done the Montessori method and oh aren't they wonderful I just thought who the fuck has written this caption and why is everyone sharing it like it's just fine <laughs> yeah that's not right that's not right it just made me really angry and there's nowhere what? to vent <laughs> so where if you could choose if you could make a place to vent what would it look like padded it'd have to be padded yeah, padded soundproof <laughs> yeah. i don't know maybe well, that's so, why i'm on twitter so much because <laughs> twitter's quite angry actually, twitter's a good place but to you know, actually that's a really that is one of the like people come on this podcast quite often and say like social media is you know terrible thing and blah, blah, blah. but actually what it does do and this is often some, some of its darkest areas but it does give people the space to run and to find and to share that kind of rage about injustice and, and, and all sorts of different rages, which are less positive. Yeah. But I think you're right. There is a space on social media for like, yeah, they are fucking mm. dicks. <laughs> I think you can tell people's personality types as well by what social media they're using the most. So I've got a really lovely friend who's really calm and really zen and just a really wonderful human being. And she's always telling me like, you know, come on bookstagram bookstagram people are really nice and they are it's a really lovely community and, it's not for and you I've tried that's it. not for you yeah. i think i'm like that i just uh, no i, I want to be swearing on twitter <laughs> yeah. i am one of the bad people <laughs> who do you know I, I disagree who do you rent at most um i mean other than you two um <laughs> whoever will listen really <laughs> <laughs> whoever can't get away yeah. I, ha I have to actually watch myself I think sometimes because the kind of work I do too because I'm mm. I'm used to working with women now um so obviously with the prima donna festival with the wow foundation I'm used to working with women who just get it too mm. so when I find myself not in the company of people who get it I realize oh just they're finding this a bit full-on this is a bit strong mm, because so true. then they're just not used to like simple things. Um, yeah, I have that a lot. <laughs> like I, I, I do because because of working in the environment of people like you with prima donna, 
you you do forget that you know people don't, don't share your everyday rage yeah. about all the things that you you know we we think and sort and and work around you know in our in our normal what we think are our normal lives yeah <laughs> who uh, how helpful are your girlfriends uh, women that you work you know for for how helpful is that kind of community of like-minded people um it's everything and i think i really missed that in the pandemic i really missed women mm. I I really felt that I missed the company of women. I missed um, just having them having them around, being able to have that space. It I probably took it for granted a lot more. It, and I, now I've realised how much it means to me. It's mm. yeah, it's a way of um, it. Just it means something, doesn't it, to be with like-minded people mm. and not have to caveat or explain everything. Yeah, yeah, so true. And I think it really was when it was taken away, a lot of us realised how important it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. What is the best rant you've ever seen <laughs> on Twitter or heard in person oh, or made yourself? Oh, Shona, this is a hard a question. Good question. I mean, is there one that you're proud of? <laughs> oh, God. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I rant all the time. You do, it's, but it's, we love it. Yeah, or is there a rant that you've seen? You're like, God, I wish I'd done that. You know, when you read a book and you're like, I wish I'd written that. Oh. Yeah, or when people are really, really angry, but they stay articulate. Yes. You know, like when you're, oh, when I'm on. really, really, if I'm so angry and so upset, like I'll just become in, like incoherent or I'll start crying. And then that really frustrates me because I totally lose my point and any, any gravitas I may have had in the beginning of the <laughs> And it just the makes us I'm, laugh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 You laughing at my tears. But when people can be like livid mm. and incredibly like laser like yeah. in what they're saying, I find that so impressive. It's very powerful. Yeah, that is impressive. Um, I can't think of any. I can't think of. I should have had examples of this. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> or oh, is there a rant that you're proud of? Has anything you've done not not on Twitter necessarily, but has changed something? Even if it's at home, a tiny domestic thing. Or okay, well, I'll tell you a recent one. So not a rant so much. It was more menacing, probably. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, this weekend, I worked all weekend, and then. I took my kids to a swimming party and then their friends wanted to come back home with us. And I just was, I basically from like six o'clock in the morning till eight o'clock in the evening did not stop. Um, then when I was going to bed, there was a sink full of dishes. And I just said to my husband, <laughs> really scarily, I was like, I'm going to bed now. I haven't washed the dishes. <laughs> if, just left yeah, that hanging. Yeah. I'd okay. really like to wake up and for there to be no dishes in the sink. I really hope yeah. this has got a happy and he ending. Was just like, he was just like, okay, right, yeah, okay, good night. <laughs> <laughs> and there was no dishes in the morning. He so, just threw yeah, them away. I was happy yeah, he threw them out. Yeah. <laughs> I was too tired to rant. So I just kind of, yeah. I went for straight up psycho and it worked. Yeah. What do you think would have happened if you'd woken up to dirty dishes? Then there would have been a rant. Yeah, psycho. <laughs> Once you got your energy yeah. back. <laughs> Yeah, when my mom, when I was a little kid, if my mum went quiet in her anger, yes. that's when yes. I knew I was in really right. big trouble. Yeah, yeah, it's terrifying. It's very powerful, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you could just stay silent on Twitter and not say anything. Yeah, and then see if everyone's re won't actually happen. Nothing will happen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, thank you so much, Sabina. I have very much enjoyed all three of your suggestions. Um, I, 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 I can't find any problems with any of them. Can you, Shona? I kind of wish we could just do all of them, really, seriously. Yeah. I think it would make yeah. the world much better and definitely the world as it should be. Yeah. yeah. Not just for one weekend. But well, one of yeah. the things that was one of the things that happened at the festivals this year was that you programmed Sabina the resting bitch place which <laughs> yes. was a Genius. really lovely part of the festival site. Um which would have been a perfect space for people to go and rant and and you know do, but actually all that people did was just go and take their photo <laughs> next to the site. Yeah. <laughs> Looking a bit mardy. But there were always people there. That tells yeah, you a just lot. Just taking a selfie. Yeah, taking a selfie. <laughs> um, brilliant. Thank you so Thank much. You. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. And, and we look forward to seeing you soon. Great. Bye. Bye. The world as it should be from Prima Donna. as it should be from Prima Donna.